Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. So my brother and I are both non-emotionals. And I don't know if this is necessarily tied to being a non-emotional. That's So it'll be interesting to see what you think about it. But we often, both of you and I, talk about how much we love feeling our emotions. Obviously, we feel them in different ways because you're an emotional. I'm a non-emotional. But my brother and I are both non-emotionals. And he officiated my wedding. And both of us... I think that there's just something so rich about feeling to the end of how something makes you feel. And sometimes that does lead, oftentimes for me, that does lead to me crying. And I hate shutting that off. So one of my fears when I was getting married was that I wasn't going to let myself fully feel how I felt in that moment because I didn't want to sit there and sob cry in front of, you know, 80 people. And Jordan was officiating and he has a track record of crying he gave an eighth grade speech when he was younger and it was like eight pages and cried the whole time so he's like an infamous for that in our family it's kind of a joke so we made this deal that we're like this this is the performance but later we will watch it back and the video and we'll cry our eyes out so with that we didn't miss out on the fully feeling it obviously actually when the day came we were able to be a lot more in it than i thought i was going to be able to be but we literally made that deal that we're like we're not going to miss out on the full feeling of the experience because we'll let we're we're gonna let ourselves have that that's so cool because well i think with non-emotional and non-emotionals people think that that doesn't mean you don't it means you don't feel stuff but it's just about where the emotion and the feeling comes from so A lot of the times, you know, um, you can feel deeply as a non-emotional, just the same as you can not feel anything as an emotional. That's to do with societal conditioning of shutting down what emotions are coming to you, right? Um, But I wonder if, like, have you done that before? Has it worked? Like where you're like, I want to squeeze the juice out of the feeling and I'll do it later. No, I've never tried that before because I literally cry all the time. Not in a bad way. Yeah. But I just, too. I love the feeling of feeling something. In my head, that's what it, it feels like to feel something mm-hmm. to the fullest. It feels like if I, and maybe I've made this up in my head that if I don't cry, then I haven't felt it fully, you know? But I actually enjoy crying. I love it. I mean, it's a it's a chemical um, transformation, you know? Like the when they study tears, they're not just water. There's like so much in them. There's like hormones that get released and there's, you know, different types of detoxifying um, agents in them and stuff like that. So, you know, tears are really, they're these magical alchemical um, signalers, you know, and also they're really beautiful because they 
if you see someone cry, like it's supposed to elicit a reaction from someone else, right? So that's when they elicit empathy or closer connection from someone else or help or support or understanding or co-feeling something with you, you know? Like if I see you cry about something that's so moving, it's going to make me more likely to be moved, you know? But I think it's a really good distinction to make that being emotional or non-emotional Whichever one you are, you should be opening yourself up to feeling whatever it is you're feeling. Um, And that doesn't mean that you have to be like, I'm not saying, you know, you need to be a fully grown man and crying at every moment, but allowing yourself to be uh, moved by things um, instead of kind of shutting stuff down. And the thing about non-emotionals, because of societal conditioning, they either swing one of both ways where one they like don't feel emotional at all. So they completely feel nothing, right? They don't take in the intel from the outside world that's making them, you know, like imprinting on them basically or coloring their solar plexus on any given, um, in any given situation. Or they get addicted to emotions. A lot of non-emotionals, and that's why a lot of non-emotionals feel like, oh my God, but I must be emotional because I'm so emotional, you know? Again, that has nothing, Your your depth of emotionality has nothing to do with your, whether you're non-emotional or emotional, but a lot of non-emotionals, because of that, they can get addicted to emotions. So they constantly are looking for the new roller coaster or the high or the whatever, instead of settling themselves back into their cool, calm and collected and not feeling like that's enough. You know what I mean? They feel like they always have to be feeling something to feel alive. Well, I also think too, and just if you're listening to this and you're don't know if you're an emotional or non-emotional if you go either on the website myhumandesign.com or if you go to the app um, you just search my human design on the app store or on the google play store you can get your chart either either of those places and it will tell you i believe for sure on the on the website does it say if you're emotional or non-emotional i don't think it yeah does. they will say in your authority if it's emotional authority then that means you're emotional right. and if it says anything else it means you're non-emotional okay and then on the app it will tell you on your emotion section mm-hmm. but um when you say that um, non-emotionals which i am can get addicted to emotions mm-hmm. well anywhere that you're when people ask sometimes about human design and addiction Anywhere that you're open in your one of your centers is an area for a potential addiction. Because if you think about the psychology of a place where you feel empty when you're young and you're around people or a society where that seems to be full, it's going to create this illusion that you need something that other people have that you don't have, that you need to have what they have. And so you can get addicted to emotions. You can get addicted to desires, addicted to productivity. You can get addicted to adrenaline. You can get addicted to um, fear. You can get addicted. I'm, I'm talking through all the different centers and where those things lie right Mm -hmm. you can get addicted to direction you can get addicted to ego and wants and always having stuff to want you know um so and 70 percent of the world has an open ego and they're always we're like a culture that is literally addicted to wanting success money fame impact right open meaning white on your chart yeah so if you think about that you know you never know how the actual addiction is going to manifest itself so for example like it can potentially turn into an alcohol a substance addiction or whatever but it can also just be mental addictions you know it can be like i always need to want 
success. Otherwise, I'm not going to be successful. It can be, I always need to want money. Otherwise, I'm not going to be loved. I always have to be on the chase. I always have to be productive. I always have to be feeling stuff. I always have to be, you know, otherwise I won't feel alive if I just chill and be centered and calm. You know, that's a big, um, a common uh, non-emotional lie. It's like they always have to be on this roller coaster. And so they'll manufacture even dramatic negative things that impact them negatively. Non-emotional as well. Yeah, in order to just feel something. Literally, that's what I was going to say is that I think I chase. So in, in the way that you talk about when you are an emotional, sometimes you'll say when you know you're about to have an emotional release, mm-hmm. you'll watch something that will make you cry or something like that. I, As you said that, I realized that I choose what... Um, media I'm going to consume based off of how I want to feel like I'm chasing an emotion because mm. that's something that's outside of me would that be me like trying to get myself to feel like addicted to the feeling of that emotion and not addicted like I don't, I don't want to add that like negative connotation for mm. myself but like I'll choose like a specific movie that's going to make me cry because I feel like I just want to like cry I think the thing is about non-emotionals if they're living their design and you are in this way is that you realize that emotions are what give color to life and so it's amazing to want to just color your life in the way that you want to feel it you know Sometimes you want to feel down. Sometimes you want to feel up. Sometimes you want to watch something that's like, you know, listen to an Adele song that's about a breakup. Like it makes you feel something. It gives you color, right? But I think, again, it comes back to being your own energy reader of like, you want to do it for entertainment or are you doing it as like an addiction because of your identity, because you can't live without, you know what I mean? Like you can tell that kind of difference in that energy. Non-emotionals can't feel without the outside world. So they need the inputs from the outside world, you know, and that's not a bad thing. It's just about how you use it and the reasons why you use it and not getting addicted to identifying with that as your own story, you know? I think actually, as you, yeah, there's, I'm glad you made that distinction because I, it's not a bad thing that I do that. And I actually do think I'm not doing it from the place of mm. being addicted to feeling that way. It's just like I'm trying to color my life with these things. Yeah. I think that is why I love, you know, singers like Taylor Swift because her 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 music evokes emotions that like I want to mm. experience. Mm-hmm. And so that's I never thought about like curating things around me that like bring the emotions into my life that I want to color my life with. And people who are emotionals, you know, often feel somewhat shame over, you know, when you describe to them, like they just generate emotions that have nothing to do with what's going on. They have no control over this wave that we emit, right? But it's really difficult to explain to non-emotionals sometimes that what this experience is like. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we bring color to life through our waves you know and I think if everyone was living their design correctly and didn't have any shame and judgment around emotions in general it would be this beautiful um, synchronicity where when an emotional is sharing just emitting how they feel it's really actually so magnetizing and attractive to non-emotionals it's a very um, it's a very um juicy type of energy it's very full it's very um, mysterious it's very enlivening it's very one reason why I say juicy is because it's it's um the root of the emotional wave the the sort of like um the source of all emotions comes from the connection from the solar plexus to the sacral 
that emotional wave right there is like the one that creates all the others. So it is about touch. It is about that juiciness from the generator, from the sacral, right? So when people are just allowing themselves to just cry or be happy or be sad or be low or be whatever, that's like, it brings other humans together. And that's the reason why we have this solar plexus mutation is because it helps us all connect and bond and you be attracted to each other and want to have chemistry with each other and sexuality is in there and care is in there and there's so much that is born of that you know um so but I want to be clear as well when we're talking about emotions we're not talking about not self things like anger frustration bitterness disappointment we're talking about just the scale of like low sad down too happy, high, ecstatic, and everything in between that scale. We're not talking about rage. We're not talking about, um, like I said, anger. We're not talking about disappointment. This is specifically about where you are on the sort of high and low, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, when she's saying not self, um, you're referring to a part of your chart. So mm-hmm. each everybody has a not self. So that would be, can you just explain that a little bit? Yeah, so every energy type has this kind of um, sign or signal that shows up to you when you are not aligned, when you're doing something that isn't right for your energy type. So for example, as a manifester, you would feel anger whenever you're not living your energy type, when you're not informing as a manifester, which is what they're supposed to do, when you're not being unapologetically um, you know, bold about what you want to do when you're not following your urges, you would default into a feeling of anger and that anger would be there to show you that you're not aligned and that there's something you should tweak. And actually the not-self is an amazing thing because it's like this ever-present um, companion that is there to always show you in a non... Um, in such a dependable way that whenever you're not aligned, you don't need to look outside of yourself for the sign that you're not aligned. You have that not-self to always it will always show up for you. So for example, a manifestor's not self is anger. So that doesn't mean when they feel anger, it's part of their emotional wave. That's a separate thing. Um, When we're talking about feelings, we're talking about literally like being high, being low, being up, being down, being mellow, being melancholic, being sweetly happy, being ecstatically happy, being joyously happy, being super low, being slightly depressed, being in your feels, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, the thing with the thing with emotionals is that we're the ones that create these waves and the non-emotionals are the ones that get to feel the waves. And if you think about the relationship that that creates is that the thing about emotionals when they're in a wave, they can't see what they're doing and they can only see it through a person who's non-emotional who's a, who is reflecting back to them and able to be empathic enough to tell what's actually going on so as emotionals we learn about who we are by being around non-emotionals we learn about the impact of our wave we learn about the flavor of our wave we learn the fact about how it is we're actually feeling through non-emotionals and then non-emotionals get to plug into this ability to feel through us not the ability to feel whatever it is they want to feel like we're the we're the um the channel that you cho- that you choose right we're the song that you choose or not choose sometimes you know <laughs> that's why i do think that emotions what and knowing whether you're an emotional or, or you're a non-emotional is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. for people in relationships or close friendships or even work like anything that anything that you do with somebody that you're in close proximity to them a lot I just feel like it's so um, helpful to know that because me knowing that you're an emotional even as a very, you know, 
micro example of why it's so good for me to know for you is so you you feel differently about things on different days sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes I'll I'll show you something and you won't like it, but then I'll show it to you again. I intentionally will show it to you again to see how you feel about it a different day. And like for example, like posts or something. I don't yeah. know. Like and and sometimes you'll be like, oh wait, I I actually do like it now. Yeah. So it's important to know that that's not you being changing of your mind or whatever. That's just that the way that you make decisions it's I can't expect you to have clarity at any given time yeah because um you know everyone who is emotional authority in human design our wave colors our ability to make decisions so for example if you are in a happy mood you're more likely to say yes to things that actually if you slept on it and woke up the next day and we're just in more of a mellow mood you'd be like "Mm, maybe I don't want to just you know jump on a plane tomorrow and go meet this person for an hour and come back. You know, maybe it's not that important to me, but in the moment, if you're in a happy mood, you're going to be like, sure. You know, you feel like the birds are singing and you're like, you know, in a Disney movie and everything's going well. It's, it's, um, it's like having rose colored glasses on. Right. And so you need to wait until you have no glasses, right. When you've taken the, the, the bluesy ones off and the rosy ones. Right. Um, and then revisiting it. So you're absolutely right. Like it's just even from like that simple of a working, um, you know, a tip of working together. It, it's smart, you know? Yeah. And like, I just think it helps understanding your dynamics and emotionals are, what do you say? Like 50% of the population? Yeah. We're about half and half emotionals. I think are right now 51 and, and non-emotionals are 49, but so half the half population on. is this and half the population is the other. I think it's probably something that yeah. would be crucial to understand about dynamics. We need each other. We really do. But it is like speaking a different language. And my teacher, Manesh, um, if you go back far enough, we did an episode together where he was like, it's the same, if not more of a difference between men and women is the difference between emotionals and non-emotionals. Wow. Yeah. So it's really learning a different language and one it's one of those things where you really genuinely can't imagine what it's like. I can't. You know. Yeah, and I can't either imagine what it's like to be a non-emotional. And but you know what's kind of cool? I always love when I'm talking about it with people and you describe to non-emotionals like what it's like being an emotional and they're like, "Oh my god, I would hate that." I'm like, "Great. That's amazing." Like and and me and my sister are like, "We would we would not want to be emotional and we would not want to be non-emotional." You know what I mean? Cuz we love being emotional. But that's when it's just about embracing and loving your lot, you know? And if everyone could do that, then imagine the world we could have because everyone else would be fascinating to us because we're not trying to be them. We're not trying to judge them. We're not trying to compare ourselves to them. We're like, ooh, how cool. Like, look at this dynamic of us being too emotional. And even then, like, we have different kinds of um, intensity of waves, me and my sister, you know? But then we're, like, hanging out with two non-emotionals and their brother and sister and we're two sisters. And we're like, ooh, how fun. And they're like, oh, my God, I couldn't freaking imagine having to just have these random emotions come out of nowhere. And we're like, we can't imagine living without these random emotions going out of nowhere you know so it's just a journey of of the more and more um times that you can uncover the the shame and the judgment that stops you from enjoying the experience of being you um the more fun what you actually are designed to be becomes 